0: It. What was your favorite live movie experience you've ever had?
1: Oh, um, I once took someone on a date uh, to the Scammerhorn Center in Nashville to go see. They did this. Um, they do this series where they'll play a movie and they have some musician come in and do the score. So I got to see the original, I think it was 1927 Fan of the Opera with a live organist.
0: I'm confused. We've never been on a date in Nashville.
1: <laughs> this was like 15 years ago, babe.
0: We weren't dating 15 years ago. I'm the only person you've ever dated. Could you yes, imagine? that's the could mythos. You, could you imagine if I actually <laughs> felt that way?
1: We wouldn't have been together for Yikes. three and a half years.
0: Yikes. Could you imagine? There are people out there that exist like that.
1: Yeah, it's called sororities.
0: Oh, shit. Shots fired.
1: And venture capitalists.
0: But anyway, that's very cool.
1: It was really fun. Yeah, that's
0: that's really great.
1: Yeah, I also got to go see um, Star Wars with a full symphony playing the score.
0: That's very cool. Yeah, I love, I, I love those
1: little series they do. It's a lot of fun. That's nice. Yeah, how about you?
0: I have actually never done it. I've never been to like the Rocky Horror. Really, things that ha- the drive-ins or like whatever happens. Um, like so I've... you never.
1: I was in the floor show all through college. What do you mean you didn't see me? <laughs> See, I can do it, too.
0: Right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, and I've never I've never done anything like that. I've always seen them advertised, mm-hmm. and I've always thought that they seem really cool. Like, I had a friend who went, oh, God, where was it? I want to say it was, like, Lincoln Center or something, where they had um, an orchestra play along with Charlie Brown, The Christmas.
1: Oh, cute.
0: Yeah, so, and they said that they, like, cried the whole time. because It's, it's just so like, fun. Yeah, it's, no. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, um, there's an argument for, like, live... Theater live music, and um, how touching that can be, on just like a different level. So when you combine the two mediums, it's kind of perfect. Yeah,
1: I'm down with that. Live
0: and pre-recorded or pre-made, whatever you want to call it, pre-animated. But having someone
1: score it while you're there, like you're seeing the film and you're seeing an orchestra, it's a lot of fun.
0: I think they did the same thing with like West Side Story or something. I don't know. I saw. um, I saw a lot of. uh, Actually, my
1: mom took uh, Sarah. Um, hi, Sarah. Took her to go see West Side Story uh, at the same, the, the Horn as well. I cannot wait
0: to watch West Side Story with your whole family.
1: It's a lot. It's,
0: <laughs> it's just already, a lot. Of, it's, it's already a lot. It's
1: four hours of us singing along and crying.
0: Oh, I can't wait. I'm all in. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Nosferatu Symphony of Horror, a.k.a. My Life? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which time? We've seen this movie. This is one of our favorites to go back to. We watch this a lot.
0: Well, it's an OG because happy birthday, Topher. It's his birthday month, so he gets to choose the um, theme. And he has chosen Origins, so we are going back to our roots, baby.
1: Y'all got to watch silent films all month, bitches.
0: Sorry, not sorry.
1: I'm very not sorry. There is a lot of wonderful things to be found in the origins of horror as a film genre.
0: Yeah, we gotta, you we're know... We're getting real
1: nerdy with it this month.
0: Yeah, we gotta go back to your roots sometimes. Really appreciate those who have come before you. hmm So, anyway, I'm Nicole.
1: I am Topher.
0: And we're the War Babes. Correct. And if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks, we inserted a new um, segment mm-hmm. into our programming here, our news section, and um, this week we have... We have pretty minimal news this week. There's not...
1: Yeah, I didn't get a ton of new trailers or news yeah. about casting or anything like that. Uh, no updates on, like, Nope or anything like that.
0: I can't wait, though. I
1: Yeah, I'm going to fucking see it. I just, like, I, I keep looking for updates on it and there's nothing.
0: Drop the trailer! God
1: damn it, Jordan.
0: Drop the trailer. <laughs> it's been
1: three years, Jordan. Um, but yeah, so uh, really there's just, um, the only news that I have this week is there's a lot of cool stuff coming to uh, Shutter. This month, yeah, and we love Shutter. Sponsor us, um, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but uh, no, there's a lot of really good stuff coming out. Uh, speaking of origins, they're actually releasing um, six different Boris Karloff films onto Shutter this That's month. Cool. Yeah, getting the Black Cat, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, House of Frankenstein, The Mummy, and Son of Frankenstein.
0: Damn, Frankenstein just—I
1: mean, that's Boris Karloff was known for playing Frankenstein. Frankenstein is steel.
0: booked and blessed,
1: <laughs>
0: much like Dracula, which we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Other than that, there's a really fun movie coming to Shudder as well, Queen of the Damned, starring Aaliyah.
0: Yes, I've been—I've been meaning to see that. I haven't—I haven't seen it's that.
1: terrible, and I love it.
0: I want to cover it.
1: Nice. Well, not this month.
0: <laughs> My birthday month will just be...
1: Just talking about Aaliyah. <laughs> We're an Aaliyah podcast for the month of April.
0: I mean, I wouldn't oppose if there's enough material that would apply. I
1: would just yell about R. Kelly a bunch.
0: Yeah, fair. Who wants to listen to that, though? We should not... I mean, literally, we there's an entire give,
1: documentary series. We should <laughs> not present. give R.
0: Kelly any more of a platform. Yeah,
1: no more oxygen for him. Anyway, what do we do here, babe?
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. I have lost grip with reality. Um, Did you ever have it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, thank you, Topher, for that news section. Yep. And just in case you're new here, our normal format is Topher will take us through who made this thing. Shout out the cast and crew. And then I'll take us through the plot. Mm -hmm. And then we will analyze said plot. So, Topher, who made this ancient film?
1: I mean, it's literally 100 years old this year. Ancient. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, this film came out in 1922, uh, as you said, Nosferatu, A Symphony of Horror. Uh, it was directed by F. W. Murnau, a uh, famous, famous director from the 20s, and uh, his career ended in 1931. Some things happened in Germany, what um, <laughs> we'll talk about later. But yeah, um, this was sort of in the middle, like, yeah, like dead in the middle of his career, and um, he did some other good ones. He did an adaptation of the Hunchback of Notre Dame called The Hunchback and the Dancer.
0: I love Hunchback of Notre Dame. That Disney movie. Oh God. Was my shit. It's very good. I love that movie. I thought that Esmeralda was the prettiest person I've ever oh, seen. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. and
0: honestly, that still kind of stands. Like yep. she's hot.
1: Facts. <laughs> so as for our cast, uh, we have the famous Max Shrek as. Uh, Count Orlock. Shrek. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, he was a he was a major actor, but this is definitely his most uh, most famous film, uh, his most famous role for sure. Um, yeah, he's our Count Dracula because this is the story of Dracula. We should be clear that Nosferatu is Dracula.
0: So much so that Bram Stoker's wife tried to sue, and that's why they like kind of <laughs> changed the names.
1: I mean, this is like adapting something that. So this was made in 1922. Dracula came out in eighteen ninety seven. This is just over twenty years later. It's like twenty-five years later.
0: Eh, public domain. Wasn't Bram Stoker dead by the time? Yeah, I made he died this? pretty
1: soon after uh releasing count uh after releasing Dracula, but his widow did sue and his heirs.
0: Which honestly okay, I see both sides of the coin here. Like on one it's like eh, like public domain. Um
1: but it's 25 years. That's like, that would be like me saying something that came out in 1997. I can just, I can just take Titanic now. It's oh, mine. Oh, don't
0: tell me that. 1997 was 25 years ago. Yeah, babe. It's been 84 years. <laughs> um.
1: It's been a hundred years since this came out. So yes.
0: That was a reference to Titanic. And if you weren't such a Titanic hater, you would know. I and anyway. Hate Titanic. Anyway, No James Cameron slander here. Fuck Jim Cameron. You're on a nickname basis with him now. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Okay, maybe not public domain, but you know what I mean. Like, come on. No, motherfucker
1: <laughs> just died. It's not even like he was like that. Y- like he was not that long dead. Listen,
0: it is literally the plot. The like body it, was
1: barely cold.
0: Listen, I get it. I get it. I think that I think that the widow was a hundred percent in the right for taking legal action. Um, I'm just being annoying and being the devil's advocate here. Like, I don't know, maybe, but no, it's, uh, yeah, I'm wrong. It's, it's literally the novel. It's the plot of the novel. It's the, yeah. And they were like, we'll change the names, but not the plot. Yeah. And they literally just like changed one letter. <laughs> just like they were skating through those lines on copyright.
1: Right. Um. Yeah. So like I said, we had the Max Shrek as Count Orlok. Um, we have Greta Schroeder. As Nina, not Mina. That's
0: what I'm saying, one letter. Uh,
1: and Gustav von Wangenheim. Fuck yeah. As uh, Hutter, which is Jonathan Harker. <laughs> There's a few other people in here, but I don't speak enough German to be able to tell you who they are it's necessarily. It's like they <laughs> stuffed
0: a bunch of like grapes in their mouths and they were like, say the character names and that's what the name's going to be.
1: <laughs> I like it. Um, so our cinematographers were Fritz Arno Wagner and Gunter Krompf. Uh, at the original premiere, this would have had a live organist. When you saw it, uh, was Hans Erdmann.
0: That would have been pretty thrilling, huh? Yeah. There is nothing. There is no other instrument that will wake your ass up. This is why they're in churches. That will wake <laughs> your ass up like a fucking organ.
1: That's amazing.
0: I'm serious. That's no, why it, I, I love swear it. to God, that's why they're in churches.
1: That's the only reason people like *Fame of the Opera*. It's not that good. It's just got a dope organ loud. Yeah, it's just fucking loud. Which
0: (laughs) I am so down for. I would go see if someone was like, hey, I got tickets to Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. I would quit my job. I would be there. (laughs) I would be there in a heartbeat. That chandelier at the beginning, fuck yeah. That is metal (laughs) as hell. It really is. (laughs) Metal organ.
1: (laughs) I mean, there's a lot... Of or uh, There's a lot of organs in metal music.
0: Again, you're in the middle of like a, a very boring ser- sermon like most of them are. <laughs> and then you just hear like, we're going to sing a hymn now. <laughs> it's just like, meh. It's <laughs> like, I'm awake. I'm awake. I wasn't sleeping. I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm here. I'm <laughs> here. Yep. Sorry, God. Church is at 930 in the morning. What can you do? I'm six years old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, But yeah, this was a silent film. We hadn't figured out how to put sound with film yet. so
0: Which is fine. Yeah, it's dope.
1: It's obviously in black and white. We didn't have color film until later.
0: Not mad about it?
1: No. I like a silent film. They're fun.
0: I like it when people are silent. You do. Don't talk to me.
1: (laughs) Nicole, shut the fuck up, hood.
0: Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Don't show the monster. Yep. Except in this one, it's fine. Correct. I'm spiraling.
1: And interrupting.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. It's my possible ADHD.
1: <laughs> we're figuring that out.
0: We're figuring that out.
1: Anyway, it was uh, the screenplay was written by Heinrich Gallin. Um and like you said, because it was because they were sued over this film, um, a court ruled that they destroy all copies of the film. So it was, except some very good people uh, hit it. And reco- recovered, like, Prince of It.
0: It's giving book banning. It, it's giving Fahrenheit... 451.
1: one. Four fifty. 450.
0: I always forget the number.
1: <laughs> you came in real confident and but left not so much. But it's
0: because... It's strong and wrong. But it's because <laughs> nobody ever nobody ever calls it... They just call it Fahrenheit, because I don't think anyone remembers the number. I do. Well, you...
1: I'm a nerd, I know.
0: But anyway, it's giving Fahrenheit 451 nine
1: hundred and fifty one <laughs> fahrenheit
0: 69 420 ooh spicy fahrenheit 420 light it up baby
1: blaze it so i should say in the original uh print it's not jonathan harker and nina it is thomas hutter and ellen hutter
0: mm-hmm. as our
1: our our man and wife yes but uh, yeah, it's depending on the print that you get. Uh, it runs anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Um, there are a lot of different versions because it is in the public domain now. Um, the public, the public domain version is scoreless because
0: it's been more than twenty-five years. It's been,
1: <laughs> it's been. Once, God damn, it, oh. we're both spiraling.
0: Rain it in, guys.
1: Get it the fuck together.
0: Rain it in.
1: Uh, but yeah, so the versions that you can buy have their own scores. There is no definitive score to this film, which I find really interesting. You can watch like 15 different versions, which we more or less have, and it'll have a different score almost every time, depending so, on who licensed it.
0: So what you're saying, in theory, is that I could take a bunch of TikTok sounds and put it with this yes, movie? Yes, you 100% could. I think I just found my niche.
1: <laughs> you found it, Finally. <laughs> Four hundred years after you were born, you found it.
0: Spoiler alert: I'm definitely going to use the Adele-Megan Thee Stallion mashup that became <laughs> very popular on TikTok. Oh my god! I'm definitely going to use that somewhere.
1: Someone will enjoy that.
0: My wheels are turning, folks. My wheels are turning.
1: It's spinning out of control, I think is what
0: you mean to say. Uh, yeah, but that's normal for me.
1: Uh, but yeah, that's more or less what I have for the, I guess, behind the scenes details, the who done it of it all. Uh, for now, uh, we're gonna talk a lot more later about what this film means and like what goes into it and like what it was in response to and what responded to it, etc. But uh, before we do that, you want to tell me what happens? Sure. Thanks, babe.
0: Just in case nobody's read Dracula. <laughs> um, anyway, in 1838, in the fictional German town of Wisborg. Nice. Is that I don't know. Possibly. I'm, I possibly.
1: I could not tell you.
0: Thomas Hutter is sent to Transylvania by his employer, estate agent Herr Nock, to visit, I apologize for just completely butchering these, to visit a new client named Count Orlock. I think I got that one right. Yes. Who plans to buy a house across from Hutter's own home. While embarking on his journey, Hutter stops at an inn where the locals become frightened by the mere mention of Orlock's name. Mm-hmm. So then he rides on a coach to a castle where he's welcomed by Count Orlock, and then he's eating dinner and accidentally cuts his thumb.
1: By being a dumbass, like he's cutting the bread with the knife, and his thumb is clearly in the way.
0: Oh, of course.
1: He's so stupid.
0: But then Orlock tries to suck the blood out, which is like, you know, weird.
1: Yeah, that's right? not really polite not, dinner yeah. manners. Like, it's,
0: yeah, it's.
1: I didn't go to cotillion, but I'm assuming that they tell you not to do that.
0: I didn't either, but I feel like that's probably like first day, like one through ten things you should never do. Yeah, number one, if someone starts to bleed, don't put your mouth on it. I don't yeah.
1: know. Yeah, basically, just don't put your mouth on your guests.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid rule. Um, but then he's like, he's like, "What the fuck are you doing, bruh? <laughs> bruh, no, but not so, till date
1: three. Oh my god.
0: Oh my god, and." <laughs> And then he wakes up in the morning after to find fresh punctures on his neck, which you know, he just brushes off as like, oh, the mosquitoes are pretty Which is wild so funny because right like
1: puncture and mosquitoes are not two words that go together in my mind. I know it's technically what happens, they do technically puncture your
0: Yeah, but it's like it's convex versus concave, right? Yeah, right. Cuz like a puncture you think concave. It's a hole. It's yeah. a hole and then a mosquito bite turns into like a very convex. Yeah, it's a bump. A bump. I'm a scientist, so <laughs> I use the proper terminology. And then that night, Orlok signs the documents to purchase the house and then notices a photo of Ellen, his wife, um, Hutter's wife, remarking that she has a lovely neck. He'd He's like, trying to swing. be like, bro, back the fuck up. That's my wife. That's my wife. And then reading a book about vampires that he took from the local inn, casually. Um,
1: <laughs> just, the, just casual theft.
0: Yeah. And um, he starts to suspect that Orlok is a vampire. So he cowers in his room as midnight approaches, as we all do. Um, (laughs) Another day. God damn it. Um, He has no way to bar the door. So then, of course, the door opens by itself. And (laughs) Orlok enters. And then he hides under the bed, covers, and falls unconscious. (laughs) He's in shock.
1: He faints.
0: He's in shock. So then, meanwhile, his wife... Wakes up, and she's in, like, a sort of a trance, and Mm -hmm. she walks onto the balcony's railing, which then gets Harding's um, attention, who's, you know, his friend. But then the doctor arrives. He shouts Hutter's name, apparently able to see Orlok in his castle, threatening her unconscious husband. Mm -hmm. So then the next day...
1: Telepathic wife.
0: Right. For everybody
1: out there calling yourself an empath, that's what it would actually look like. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. You're You're not Jean Grey. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so then the next day Hutter explores the castle only to retreat back into his room after he finds the coffin in which Orlock is resting dormant in the crypt Let's
1: take a little nap
0: take a, yeah, yeah, siesta so then hours later Orlock piles up coffins on a coach and climbs into the last one before the coach departs and then Hutter rushes home after learning this the coffins are taken aboard a schooner is that how you pronounce that? I don't know.
1: I don't know either. That was a legit question. I
0: would... S-C-H-O-O. It's the beginning of school. So, schooner. Schoo- schooner? schooner? Wait. A boat. It's a fucking boat. No, there's a there's a line in a song um, that says... Uh, I don't... Whatever. I'd what? rather
1: be a sooner than a schooner?
0: No, 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 no. It's it's a really sad song. It's like... Um, Something about Brigadier. And I Don't Think About You Anymore. Is the song title. Oh, okay. And she says on a flying schooner.
1: I don't like this word. It grosses me out.
0: I, I don't know, man. It's a boat. I don't, I don't know what it's to tell boat. you. <laughs> so the coffins are taken aboard a boat um, where all of the ship's sailors and captain die, and Orlok takes control. And then the ship arrives in Visborg. Orlok leaves unobserved, carrying one of his coffins, and moves into the house he purchased. He's a very wealthy, wealthy. Guy.
1: But he does all of his own shit. Because we also have Renfield in here. Um,
0: Renfield is always my favorite character. It's
1: dope. It's a cool character.
0: A million percent. So then, many deaths in the town follow after Orlok's arrival, which the town's doctors blame on an unspecified plague.
1: Yeah, we keep getting shots of rats and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we get a lot of, um, and we'll talk about this in our next segment. But we get a lot of um, symbolism. Which, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about um, Anyway, so then Ellen reads the book Hutter found, which claims that a vampire can be defeated if a pure-hearted woman distracts the vampire with her beauty.
1: And she's like breaking <laughs> a promise to her husband. She's like, I should have, I was never supposed to read the book. I promised him I wouldn't, but I must.
0: Sometimes you do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. And then she opens her window to invite Orlok in, but then she faints. Yikes. Yikes. So then Hutter revives her and she sends him to fetch Professor Bulwer, a physician. After he leaves, Orlok enters and drinks her blood, but starts as the sun rises, causing Orlok to vanish in a puff of smoke by the sunlight. Ellen lives just long enough to be embraced by her grief-stricken husband. And then we have the very last scene that shows Count Orlok's destroyed castle in the Carpathian Mountains, symbolizing the end of his bloody reign of terror. Yup. The end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so yes, it's, it's fucking Dracula.
0: Yeah, it's very yeah. much Dracula. Um, yeah, and I think uh, I think a good place to start here would be to explain why this movie exists in general, why German Expressionism came to be.
1: You're Okay. Sure. Yeah. Tell me.
0: I mean, if we're just... DMA let's start from the start from the very beginning. Yeah, you know, Dali. it's a very good place to start. <laughs> Speaking of German, just quoted sound of music. <laughs> so uh, there was about a decade of German Expression output. Like, pretty heavily saturated. Yeah. Um, We're going to cover
1: another one later this month.
0: Yes. So, basically, what had happened was, after Germany lost World War I, the Allies forced the country to agree to pay a crippling amount of reparations as punishment for their part in the war. Um. Yikes. And so the country had to retreat into isolation and the government banned the import of foreign films, just as Hollywood was really becoming something huge. Yes. Um, or even becoming something at all, really. Mm-hmm. And then so the German audiences had no films to program their cinemas. And at this point, everyone wanted, you know, something to think about that wasn't.
1: Crippling poverty. Crippling
0: poverty. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so then the country's debt led to a devastating bout of inflation. And as German citizens saw their savings quickly losing value, they were more willing to spend their money immediately to maximize its value.
1: Right. So. Yeah, the inflation was wild with the Reichmark at that moment, at yeah. the time.
0: So then both of these things pretty much led to a rising demand for cinema. At, like I said, every at the bare bones of it people just wanted escapism sure yeah um and then you add all of this other shit on top of it and they're just more willing to pay for art so um so the the government um even though it was very unstable uh began to support this film industry so that's where that's where all of this pretty much came from because german expressionism really it's been described as extreme distortion to express an inner emotional reality rather than surface appearances. And I think that is a perfect way to describe it from all of the German Expressionism films that I've, you know, had the pleasure to see. I And I think that it influences some of our really great filmmakers today, like namely David Lynch. David Lynch oh, dabbles, very, in, very dabbles in, not even dabbles in, some of his stuff is like steeped I mean, we German just talked about we
1: just talked about Eraserhead, and that's explicitly that it's explicitly a German expressionist surrealist film.
0: Yes, exactly. So it's and it, it's pretty cool, and he uses those aspects again. Like if you go back to our Eraserhead episode, you'll hear us talk about talking about talking you, about. <laughs> you'll if you go back to our Eraserhead episode, you'll hear us talk about um, all of that and how he uses that even in Twin Peaks, um, the twenty the twenty five years later. Um, the Return. So yeah, go back to that episode if you want to hear a little bit more about David Lynch and German Expressionism. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much so. So that's where we started here. If we're talking about Origins this month, that's where we started. And we get all of these different movies like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, this one, ton, tons of others.
1: There's yeah. Uh, fuck. Uh, uh, Metropolis. Yeah. That's another one. That's one that I, I just that's a great fucking movie. Um but yeah, so that's a that's a good start, I think. And yeah, I thank you for that.
0: You're so welcome.
1: <laughs> um so yeah, this film, god, it means so much um in so many ways and part of it is like yeah, it was one of the, it was the beginnings of German expression. It was it was a short-lived movement, but it's like a decade, right? Mm-hmm. Um part of that is is because this was uh, all taking place during the Weimar Republic yeah. in Germany. A Super dope period in history. Um, the 20s was for Germans uh, a time of liberation, expression, um, intense study on a lot of different uh, things that were set back years and years because of you know, this little thing happened in 1933 called Hitler coming to power. What? Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so the Weimar Republic was.
0: Fuck that guy.
1: Yeah. You heard it here first, y'all. Fuck it, <laughs> Oh, God.
0: <laughs> Jesus, I agree. Fuck with, that guy. I
1: agree with exactly one decision it made. He made, and that was the last one he made.
0: <laughs> Where he killed himself. Yeah. Just to be clear, in to case nobody clear. knows. I mean, everybody knows, but you know what I mean.
1: So, so yeah, the vibrant republic was kind of like it was. It's analogous to the Roaring Twenties here, but without the money. Yeah, But you had a lot of research into, oh, I don't know, this little thing called being trans. Um, Mm -hmm. We were first studying that and taking it, like in the Western world, Yeah, uh, Western European Eurocentric sort of idea of this. But the idea that you could be trans and not mentally ill. Like everybody thought it was a mental illness uh, in the like buttoned up Western Europe spots.
0: Some people unfortunately still do.
1: Yes, yes. Can't gloss over that.
0: That it it hasn't completely um, left people's minds. No. I no. mean, even people, people even think that, that, um, being attracted to the same sex is a mental illness. That's why con- conversion camps yes. still unfortunately exist as horrifying as they are.
1: Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're awful. Um, but yeah, so it was a time of like, yeah, like I said, a lot of expression, a lot of liberation. Um, cabaret is about this time. Yes. Um, Hedwig and the angry inch refers to this a lot. Um, Mm-hmm. When you Because that's obviously during the Cold War and uh, during the split of Berlin, because it was East and West Berlin, right? Yep. Um, but it's still Hedwig and the English is explicitly referencing the Weimar Republic yeah. and the sexual liberation that came during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the first books that Nazis burned when we talk about the burning of books were books on um, like research books about uh, trans uh, being trans.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's also why, like, even though there were a lot of queer men in the Nazi uh, regime, they were also mm, disappeared after after a point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. Sorry, y'all. We're going to be talking a lot about Nazis today. I
0: mean, it's important.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. So the, the very far right uh, fascist movement came up in Germany, came up as a response to this, right? So this movie and particularly just silent film in general, because of the sort of like Arch way of performing things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, again, because you have to do all your expression large and uh, uh, visible. And play the to makeup... the back row, baby. Exactly, and all of your. <laughs> they paid your... for
0: tickets too.
1: Exactly, they paid their nickel. There's also the the makeup that's used is very, um, camp, right? Yes, yes. Because it had to be. So you had to do everything dramatically so it would show up. Like film wasn't good yet. It was brand fucking new.
0: Yeah, you couldn't see the nuances of people's expressions. Right. Like you can now when you go to the theater.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any sort of high resolution. Everything looks like shit. Um, And so that's part of why, like when we talk about German expressionism, it's part of why we get these dark, drastic sets and angles Mm -hmm. uh, and lighting. Like that really, uh, we'll talk about this more in Caligari, but. There's a lot of very drastic and, like, heavy sh- use of shadow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, there's a fucking famous shot from this where it's just Orlok's shadow moving up the stairs. hmm And that's because you could only get things that were high contrast. If it was any sort of nuance, you couldn't get it. Yeah. <sighs> Which changed when we got the talkies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, so because of this sort of drama this sort of camp um the industry very early on attracted folks who were you know part of the alphabet mafia we'll say yeah um and so when you had this heavy conservative uh far-right fascist party rising uh with the national socialist party the nazis yeah uh when you that was rising in response to all of this yeah um and some people have interpreted this film as somewhat of a trans narrative um Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's the, the changing. It's the, the Harker or Hutter is kind of Um, kinda fae, um mm-hmm. That his wife is more resolved and strong-willed than he is. Mm-hmm. And it was playing with the gender norms and gender stereotypes and flipping them. So while you couldn't have someone who was expressly queer, you could play with it. Does that... Yeah, really- no,
0: that, that, that makes complete sense. I'm just... I, um, it's marinating. <laughs> sure.
1: Um, and a lot of people do see this that way because F.W. Murnau was gay. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was a really interesting guy. Uh, definitely fled Germany, saw what was coming, and was like, nah, I'm out. And, uh, he, I mean, he fled is a weird word to use, actually. He, he had seen success in Germany, but left um, and ended up doing... Uh, his last couple films in Hollywood itself. Uh, he shot his final film, Taboo, and Bora Bora, um, with actual, like, budget. <laughs> he also won a bunch of Oscars at the very first Academy wow. Awards, 1929, uh, for Sunrise. Uh, one of his two Hollywood films. Um, or a couple of them. Anyway. Um, yeah, he was just a, he was a really interesting guy. Uh, and he would... Uh, but yeah, so it, things started changing for him in Germany, and it seemed like it would be better for him to live in America.
0: Yeah, um,
1: and he ended up moving, uh, moving here uh, to L.A. or not here to L A, but here to the states and here to the states, and then to L A. Right. Um, and ended up, yeah, dying in a car crash here. Oh. Uh, yeah, he was like he was like what forty two I think when he died. Sad. Yeah, yeah. He had a. He was. Swerved to avoid a tr- oncoming truck and s- crashed and had a massive head injury and Shit. died in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Damn. Yeah.
0: Be sad. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, but a lot of his films have been seen as a response to, as long as well as you know, a lot of German art at this time. Uh, he was in, he was commissioned into the uh, German Empire uh, in World mm-hmm. War One. The the he was in the. Uh, Fucking flying corps. He was one of the first people to <laughs> be German, in an airplane.
0: German history to me is so fascinating because there's just so much there. Yeah. Like it's it's just kind of crazy that in in a span of like two or three decades, like, so much happened.
1: Seriously, yeah. It's it's
0: kind of insane. Um so I, I just I feel like I never I never know all of it. You know what I mean, right. Like, just No, I mean, so well, Germany as a happens. country
1: isn't that old. Germany as a country is younger than the United States. And
0: she's been through it. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah,
1: because okay. it was Prussia and the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Yeah, and then after uh, there was a, the Franco-Prussian War. Things. That's when Germany becomes a thing. Like under Kaiser Wilhelm, right? But
0: and then shit started going
1: down and hasn't so stopped. Bad. Yeah, like it's
0: crazy. It's insane, but. Yeah, so I mean, this movie because of how steeped it is in popular literature, and then it's German in a fucking history. episode of SpongeBob. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Nosferatu. Yes, and let me let me tell you, I I I fully get that it is a complete rip off of Bram Stoker's Dracula, but think about it, guys. When you hear the name Dracula, what do you think of? I think of. I mean, it, it it's it's not really fair that Dracula has kind of been portrayed as very, like, silly, flamboyant. Like, all of these things. Like, Christopher not, Lee playing yes, Dracula Christopher in the Lee. 60s. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it, it, it's come to... Dracula's it, become camp. Yeah. It's we, come to that we, point. We, we which we appreciate. We appreciate it. Um,
1: we totally stole Dracula, though. I'm
0: I'm here for it.
1: The LGBTQIA. Have stolen Dracula. I,
0: I And I am fully here for it. But all I'm saying is that when you hear the name Dracula versus when you hear the name Nosferatu, what...
1: Well, Orlok.
0: No, Nosferatu I'm talking is... about the title of oh, the movie. Oh, oh, I'm not I talking see, about... I, see, I, see. I understand that Orlok is the name and Nosferatu is another word for vampire. Yes, sorry. I understand that fully. Sorry. <laughs> what I'm getting at is the title when you say... I'm gonna go see Dracula. You're like, oh, cute. I'm gonna go see Nosferatu. What the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. It 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 sparks intrigue and a little bit of fear. You're like, what is a Nosferatu? I think Nosferatu
1: has a more like something about that word is more it's scarier than vampire, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it could just be from you know what we've heard of our entire lives. Like there, there's a there's literally count. Um, what's his face? One of the McDonald's characters.
1: Are you thinking of Count Chocula?
0: No, I'm thinking of one of the McDonald's characters. I don't know. Oh, wait, no. One of the McDonald's characters dressed up as a vampire, and it was a formative memory for me. Never mind. <laughs>
1: the 90s were weird. <laughs> the
0: 90s were crazy. My favorite cassette was just Halloween sounds from, that I got from McDonald's. I don't know. It explains oh, yeah. a lot about me today. Um, I listen to that shit every day. And with <laughs> while, while cuddling my Mr. Mudman... I had a Mr. Mudman. I have no
1: idea what that is.
0: From Batman. What's his name?
1: Oh, Clayface.
0: Yes, Mr. Mudman. But you called him
1: Mr. That's really cute. That's
0: <laughs> really cute. I cuddled with him during nap time. Again, ex- <laughs> this hard plastic thing is what I decided to cuddle with. <laughs> called him Mr.
1: Mudman. I called That's him adorable. Mr. Mudman
0: and listened to my spooky Halloween sounds to fall asleep.
1: It's, it makes so much. It sense, makes that I love you. sense
0: today. It makes a lot of sense today. Makes a lot of sense. But anyway, so like I don't know. We we've heard the word vampire. We've heard the word Dracula. So maybe it is that thing where you know you just maybe if we grew up hearing Nosferatu, Nosferatu, Nosferatu instead of vampire,
1: vampire instead of vampire vampire vampire, vampire, yeah. vampire, vampire,
0: vampire, we probably would feel differently. But but you know that's just kind of like case in point that you know. I also think what adds to. Nosferatu being intriguing and for the time probably a little bit frightening, um, versus Dracula, is that Dracula is often played like ninety percent human, ten percent like
1: demon, yeah, demon,
0: blood obsessed killer, right? right? Nosferatu, the way that um, I'm, I can't even say this with a straight face, the way that Shrek. God damn it. The way that Shrek played Nosferatu was very, or played Orlok, was very animalistic in a way, which was really interesting yeah,
1: to it's, me. He's The look of him is terrifying.
0: Yes, and then the mannerisms, the body language, all of these things, it wasn't a man who, yeah, a man who is maybe like a serial killer. It right. was more like, this is not... A human. Right, yeah. It, it was, was interesting. It, it's, it's
1: weird that he, it's like, it's weird that Hutter even is like, oh, this is a normal guy to see. This bald man with a hooked nose, pointed ears, and long claw like fingers. Looking
0: like Bat Boy. Right. Bat Boy looking ass. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, anyway, I want to talk a little bit more about um, F.W. Murnau. No. Okay.
0: okay. Go for or it. More it. Now. Go for I, it. Again.
1: Yeah. I'm ready. Um, so, like I said, he was, uh, he was a commander on the Eastern Front uh, with the Imperial German Flying Corps. Um, and flew some of the first planes in war like World War one was the first time we had planes in war because um, it only had been
0: I can't even imagine
1: right like, like like World War II starts a couple years after the plane is invented
0: I can't even
1: <laughs> so um he was captured um he crashed in uh, Switzerland. And he yeah, was arrested knows how and interned. To a
0: plane. Yeah.
1: Also, yeah. they were terrible. Yeah. So they put him in a POW camp for the remainder of the war. You know what he did in the
0: POW camp? What?
1: Started a theater troupe.
0: God damn it! I <laughs> love, I love the gays.
1: The seven-foot-tall queer man. I. Oh yeah. By the way, he was seven feet tall.
0: Seven feet tall. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met a seven-foot-tall person.
1: It's intimidating.
0: Seven feet? I've met, you know, six foot, blah, blah, blah. But Some
1: people say he was six four, but I choose to believe he was seven feet tall.
0: That's insane. Because like, also-
1: I'm looking at a photo of him next to Henri Matisse. And Matisse was like a normal-sized dude, and he's head and shoulders taller than Matisse. Matisse looks like wow. a little shorter than me, and this dude has got to be close to seven feet.
0: Matisse, I love your work. Um,
1: <laughs> I love looking at the titties from Tahiti. <laughs>
0: um, wow. Wow, 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 wow. I,
1: also weird that they were buddies. Like,
0: <laughs> I love the gay community. You right. are a prisoner of war. <laughs> you start a theater troupe and write a script. Listen. Listen. That's where he wrote his first film script. Is it a start theater a theater, theater troupe. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, there is no stopping the theater community. Oh, God. And it, that's proof.
1: It's good to know that there was some version of a Denny's being terrorized for hundreds of years. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Show choir. Switzerland has probably just released him because they're like, we need this to be done. We're sick and tired of them singing.
0: It's incredible. <laughs> That is amazing. Right? I, I'm obsessed with that little fact. I'm going to keep it in my head forever.
1: <laughs> so he was seen as like a precursor to um, and also very much inspired the man, uh, you know, little myth, little legend, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Because Kubrick was known for being very intense. He was an asshole. Uh, he's very, very much a perfectionist. And F.W. Renault was the same. Right. Um, they, he was like a, a fucking asshole on set. Even in a, um, there's a really terrible movie that you and I watched. Uh, that is a fictionalization of the making of this film with yeah. um, John Malkovich playing, um Murnau and Willem Dafoe being Count Orlock. But he's an actual vampire.
0: I vaguely remember this movie now. I need to. You were talking about it, and I was like, what?
1: But yeah, the uh, director of that movie, um, E Elias Merige, I think, or Merhig, uh, references the fact that he references like the, the queer nature yeah. of the f- or the queer uh, uh, symbolism in the film by having um, Eddie Azard play uh, the Harker Hutter character, um, hiring a trans woman, yeah, to, who was not out at the time, but was already doing like. Which she called herself uh, in her uh, one of her sets, uh, executive transvestite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, and I yeah. mean we've we've always talked about how um, Jonathan Harker is definitely queer coded, queer coded heavily so, like for sure. And I don't know. I've always read there. There are so many things on Wilhelmina Murray, um, or Harker, whatever Mina Harker. There are so many. Like think pieces on on her and all of these things, where a lot of people who also agree that Jonathan Harker has always been very queer coded, but you know, back in the day when Dracula was set, that wasn't something that you you had to marry you know the opposite right. sex or whatever, yeah, um,
1: which was a pretty recent thing, uh, uh, compulsory heterosexuality, Compat, right? Yeah, it was a pretty new thing at the time.
0: Yeah, 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 and so. A lot of think pieces and, you know, uh, essays and whatnot and, and, and books that have been written about Mina say that she was, she was in on it too, that she knew. Oh, I've
1: always read Mina as queer. Like Lucy's her best friend, the same way that like Emily, uh, uh, Dickinson had close friends. I've
0: kind of <laughs> right. I've kind of always.
1: These two ladies lived to live together to the end of their lives. They were best friends. They were so close. Sometimes you could even they, you could even find them with their legs intertwined as a womanly expression of love that is completely not gay.
0: Where is that from?
1: <laughs> oh, it's just there's a series I follow on TikTok that oh, okay. talks about like how um, historians talk about people who were clearly lesbians.
0: Emily Dickinson. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I always read I don't know about um Mina being queer at all, but um, I just always
1: read her as that.
0: I always read her as just like not really giving a shit about con- conventional things at the time. I I kind of gave, I kind of thought of her as like one want- Wanting more, yes, like like just wanting to live her life, and if someone was in it, that's fine. But she was always fine by herself. Yeah, she she She's also she in a in in a similar way, but also a dissimilar way to Jonathan are subscribing to societal norms, but for two different reasons. He is actually attracted to men. Yeah, he's in the closet, and right? she just doesn't give a shit about that stuff and wants to just like be a teacher or be something more a than that. Woman, a yeah. self-sufficient woman, She doesn't really need a partner, but she's like, eh, I guess, because society's telling yeah. me to. Yeah, because she has to. That's how to. I've always read her, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe she is also queer. Who knows? It's a, f- it's a fun piece of literature that a lot of people have just, like, you know, taken and run run with, and yeah. I think that that is a testament to the original literature, you know?
1: Sure, um, we should say. Speaking of you know, the original source material, uh, the original source material is deeply anti-Semitic. Yes. Um, yes. As is a, as are a lot of uh, adaptations of the work. So take Correct. the original, um, uh, the original, the first legal adaptation, like official adaptation of Dracula uh, with Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Uh, I had to point out to I was I took a Gothic Lit class in in college, and we would we read uh, it was a, like an intensive like month long course. Um, and we read Dracula, we read Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and we read Frankenstein and then watched films that went along with that and one of them was the Boris Karloff oh god damn, I keep saying Boris Karloff Bella Lugosi <laughs> the Bella Lugosi um, Dracula and I had to point out to my teacher that there was a star of David around this hook nosed blood sucking otherworldly creature that preys of... on white people yeah. from, Eastern, or from western Europe like there, And she's like, Oh, I never under I never thought of that. I was like, Yeah, because you never had to live with it, but that's a li- it's a six pointed gold star around the man's neck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this there, like vague
1: Eastern European guy with an accent who's preying on the English. Like, you're gonna tell me that's not anti Semitic, or are we just gonna like ignore that?
0: <laughs> yeah, there there are a lot of anti Semitic um pieces out there that are Range from being, you know, microaggressions that probably upon first sight, people wouldn't recognize them. But
1: unless you're like, unless you, know, you are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it it, it, it kind of goes back to this conversation. A, a lot of stuff has come up, actually, this past um, week, at least in the media that I consume. Like you and I um, saw on, on TikTok, and this has been going around for a while, about... Gringotts Bank in Harry the Potter. The Godwins
1: being anti-Semitic as fuck and literal There's yes. a literal, star there's a literal the just
0: like you just said about yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's that and then sitting
1: there at 11 years old going, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then there's been there's been some backlash against Whoopi Goldberg as well because she said that the Holocaust was not about race. On yeah. um, what's that show? She's on the View. The View. She's on the View. Yeah. Um, she apologized for it, but a lot of people are saying like like, hey, um, you should. You know, um, invite Holocaust survivors onto the show and maybe educate your viewers. If and it was you... Holocaust
1: Remembrance Day the other day,
0: yeah, yeah, she and yeah, a lot of people are saying like, "Hey, like, I'm really glad that you owned up to this and apologized." But here's an idea: like, maybe, maybe since <laughs> since you are spouting this, you obviously need a little more education on this specific thing, and which would probably mean that your viewers need a little more education. Right. So maybe you know. Put actions with your words and, and and bring Holocaust survivors on and kind of educate people if, you know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like, one of my if they're home willing, states is banning obviously. mouse from Yeah, posters. that
0: happened as well. I, and I, fucking
1: Art Spiegelman just vaping on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I love Art Spiegelman so much. He's such an asshole in like the best way. He has such a contempt for everybody that I find oh, so yeah. inspiring.
0: <laughs> inspiring. So um,
1: it, yeah, so it's it's this yeah. Holocaust it's interesting
0: that we're covering this this week when a lot of these maybe I mean I know that it's always there. I right, know there's, that it and is. there's so I what I was gonna say it.
1: is like implicit versus explicit, right? Yeah. So yeah. Murnau was not openly anti-Semitic. And I don't think he was anti-Semitic. Um, yeah. But by the actions of his life, like, his, he was surrounded by Jewish friends. He was protective of them because there was a lot of anti-Semitism even in this, like, blissful Weimar Republic. Jews have always been the outsider because we keep getting kicked out of places so we're always a new guy in town, right? Right. Uh, it's it's the same... It's comparable to what happens to Romani. Um uh-huh. So, you know, we, we're nomadic by force, not by choice, right? Right. So... One of the things that could be so the so Dracula I don't know if is if, I don't know if the source material is explicitly anti-Semitic although it feels like it is this I think is not intentionally so it's only carrying over what's already there in the source material and I don't think it's as ob- what's the word I don't think it's as explicit as it is in like the Bela Lugosi version okay um, one we never see we never hear Orlok speak right we don't have this like
0: that's true yeah, yeah. blah
1: da 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 yeah. Uh, interpretation that we get later. Um he is kind of demony and he has like long clawed hands and a hooked nose and pointed ears, which was a lo- like an anti-Semitic caricature. It's the same thing we were talking about with the goblins with, from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same idea. I think it's just because he's trying to play at the idea of the other. Um yeah. and needed to make Orlock terrifying. And when you can't have an actor speaking yet, you have to do it visually. That's what I was talking about, the dramatic Nature of silent film earlier,
0: right? Um,
1: Because you couldn't just have like a regular guy be Orlok. Orlok has to be weird. Orlok has to be other. Yeah, and I don't has to be heightened.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that I don't know. I don't. I maybe there just wasn't unless they wanted to go like you know the Bigfoot route. There wasn't there, which would kind of turn it into like a werewolf story instead. I don't know. I think they wanted to walk the line of it being human but being kind of humanoid. Um, yeah, in a I mean, way. It, the same thing happens like said, with, the, like with the, the
1: Boris arc. Karloff Frankenstein, the original um, silent film, Frankenstein, from like 1931, I want to say,
0: yeah,
1: uh, or 33, somewhere in there. Um, but it's a silent film, and the whole idea of Frankenstein being this block-headed dude with bolts in his neck, who's yeah. giant,
0: yeah,
1: is not in the source material. Right. The Frankenstein, the, or Frankenstein's monster for all you assholes out there who want to <laughs> correct me, fuck you, that's annoying, don't be pedantic. You won't make friends. You will alienate people. <laughs> it's a big rant. Anyway, so Frankenstein's son, Frankenstein, <laughs> uh, the monster, right? He in the book ha, is fully like fluent in, I guess it would be German or something like that, but English in the in the text. Um, he's said to be well spoken, terrifying to look at because he's made of dead body parts, but like is eloquent, is clever. He's yeah. incredibly smart. He's not some big wandering dumbass. He's a human who just looks a bit fucked up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's but it's... that's why,
1: like, because it was a silent film, you had to characterize or caricaturize this character, and so that's where we get right. the uh, the big green Frankenstein with the bolts in his neck and the scar on his head.
0: Yeah, no. It's 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 very interesting how how things translate from you know one telling to the other and. And again, like we've we've talked about this many many times, when it is when you're dealing with fantastical elements and mm-hmm. fantasy, you can do pretty much whatever the fuck you want. So there is never an excuse for being a bigot or being yeah. you know what we've I mean. We've said it a hundred
1: times. We'll say it again.
0: We'll say yeah, one more for you know those in the back. Uh, that whenever whenever it's a fantasy story that gives you free reign to pretty much do anything. So if you are choosing to be anti-Semitic or racist or, you know, any of these things, then that's on you and that's yeah, fucked right? up. right. Like, or <laughs> it's if so you're, easy not to, because literally choosing, it's fucking
1: fantasy. It's fiction.
0: Or even with the, the microaggressions of just, you know, only casting um, white people in your fantasy because, and I'm talking to you, Tim Burton, if you think that people of other cultures and races and all of these things do not fit your aesthetic god that's not an excuse it's an
1: actual quote from him by the way i think we said it on the podcast before but motherfucker said black people do not fit my aesthetic
0: (laughs) literally do you hear the words coming out of your mouth that is synonymous with
1: go to a hot topic in any major city and then tell me that there's not like a bunch of black black folks buying nightmare before christmas merch oh man dumbass
0: i I just it's it's kind of wild um but yeah again we've said this a million times if you were writing a Um, fantasy script and you choose to be hateful that shit is on you because you could have done literally anything and we would have been like yeah you're building the world that fits sure sure yeah so it's just there is no there is no excuse y'all do better (laughs)
1: like come on i love it um that's most of what i have to say i think it's cool some of the changes are cool um, this is actually the first time we get a vampire being killed by sunlight. Uh, in the original novel, Dracula is only weakened by sunlight. Um, That's But true. Orlok is killed and does not create other vampires, but actually kills them. Um,
0: right. That is, yeah, that is a discrepancy, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, obviously uh, Mina's sacrificing herself, or uh, what? Ellen sacrificing herself is different because Mina doesn't die in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that this, I love how this was referenced in... Uh, What we do in the shadows, the film, not the Mm -hmm. TV show. The uh, one of the original vampires, the oldest one, he's like nine hundred years old, who lives with them, is named Peter, but he's Nosferatu,
0: yeah, and is killed
1: by sunlight in the movie, yeah. Uh, And I thought that was really fun. It's just like you see Peter, and you're like, oh, Warlock.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) they do. They do a really, they do a really great job of that, and definitely
1: recommend the show as well.
0: Right, yeah, it's that, know that um
1: Speaking of not being a big, bigot and casting non-white folks in roles of fantasy, because it's right. the four main people. One's uh, Cyp- uh, Cypriot, mm-hmm. there's Matt Berry, who's just fucking amazing, an Iranian man as one of the vampires as well, and a Mexican guy. Yeah. That's the four core characters.
0: yeah. Like, no, that it's it's and it's a movie very well about, done. And a show about vampires. And That's... I love I love that they I love that they make fun of um kind of like the confusion between the rules with like quote unquote vampires yeah. like with I love that what we do in the shadows kind of plays with the discrepancies between the and the confusion of you know what the quote-unquote lore is even supposed to be like how right. you're supposed to kill a vampire because like you know you've got Buffy the Vampire Slayer who's like you know staking them in the heart and um and kicking their ass first like literally Buffy yeah ass. Sarah <laughs> Michelle Geller, come on and then you've got you know like they're either they're like sometimes killed by sunlight sometimes they're just weakened by it sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they sparkle sometimes the yeah Sometimes they kill you. Sometimes they turn you into a vampire. And we don't know which is worse. Sometimes and, they eat
1: the baby out of your belly.
0: You know, there are a lot of things. So I love that what we do in the shadows is like, I don't know. Let's just like play with, you know. <laughs>
1: They're all true. And none of them are.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's It's what you make of it. So it's kind of fun. But yeah, I I mean, w- there, there's just there's I, so much to there's say. There's so much to talk about there's with this so film. There's so much to say just because we've gotten, without this film, we wouldn't have a lot, of the, a lot of the films that we have today, and that's kind of a given just because this has been called one of the original horror films. Again, that's why we're doing this for this month, Origins. This is one of the first horror films. So Seriously,
1: also- I mean, it's one of the first films. Literally.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: but also, yeah, one of the first horror films. This is like when we started getting features.
0: And this is one of those things where I just, you know, because we've been so... Desensitized. Obviously, this isn't going to make you shit your pants. Like, it's not no. going to be scary to you. But I love to think about, what if I put myself... Like, this was, like, one of the first movies I ever saw. I would probably be fucking thrilled. I would, would be, be like, amazing. this I is w- what movies oh, are? God. Like, what the fuck? This is crazy. And also, like... Yeah, I, I, I just... I like to try to put myself in that position where, like, what if this was literally, like, my first the first movie I ever saw, what would I think? How would I feel? And I think I would be, I I would just be completely thrilled and I would be, I would be, I would have more questions than answers and I would just be like, when's the next one? Yeah. You know, like, I just think that this is so captivating and so... Well done, and it stands the test of time. It was also not only one of the first films ever, not one of the first horror films, but it was kind of one of the first cult followings.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what created a cult film. Like yeah. this is when we start talking about that because it didn't do well. It no. made zero dollars, and the fucking uh, the, studio, the studio, the de- studio, no, the studio declared bankruptcy so they wouldn't have to pay Stoker's estate. Oh
0: no! Yeah, they
1: they were around for like five years.
0: Times times are tough, you know. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I think I. God, I when you, people talk about time travel, I'm, they're like, "Oh, I want to go back to this time, that time, this." Time. I was like, "I want to go back to the twenties. I think it'd be dope."
0: The Roaring Twenties sound pretty fun. It's
1: Just like seeing the beginnings of film. Yeah, too. like being in those public houses, like going to see, like to going to a Nickelodeon.
0: I'm just trying to drink bee's knees, and you're you're like. <laughs> You're like, I want to see the first film you're ever to, You're
1: trying to do legal cocaine And <laughs> drink cocktails made with bathtub gin And I'm just like I want to go to the movies
0: <laughs> You know It's, you know It's, it's, it's our personality
1: <laughs> Go to the doctor and get a bag of cocaine for a nickel
0: <laughs> That's insane That is insane
1: You've got hysteria, here's a vibrator
0: <laughs> Relax, bitch Anyway, on that note, you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we have a website, HorrorBabesPod.com. If you're liking us, give us a rating or a review on iTunes. We appreciate it so, so much. Our DMs are also open if you have suggestions. Until yeah. next time.
1: Bye, babes. Bye.